Now on that same day, two of them were walking to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in word and deed, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the prophet should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, to, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us. That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. My children have been on a lot of Zoom calls recently. And I mean, they've made guest appearances in my Zoom calls. They're intrigued that mom and dad are working from home and that they get to be a part of all of it, whether we like it or not. But here is the thing. They sneak up behind me, beside me, and they look at the screen and they see people that they know and they love. Miss Stacy, Miss Judy, Maddox's Mimi, Miss Ruthann, Miss Kathy, whose picture is on a couple books of Eliana's, Pastor Rhodes, Miss Krista, students that have babysat them, 
or been kind to them. And Gabriel, when he pops onto his mom's screen, they lose it. With every person they recognize, they do this squeal and they want to know more about what I am doing. And you can see it on their faces and on the faces of the people that they recognize as well, excited, waving, hi Eliana, hi Everett. It's joyous on both sides of the screen. And when a dog comes into the picture, it makes it that much better. My guess is just about all of us appreciate being recognized by others. Without recognition, who are we? We are strangers to each other, unknown. Being recognized makes all the difference in the world. Now, I think it is lack of recognition that really draws us into this story today from Luke's gospel. The scene is set on the same day that the women discover an angel at an empty tomb and the disciples are hidden in fear, trying to figure out what an empty tomb and resurrection means. It is that same day that the resurrected Jesus Christ has joined them on their walk to Emmaus. But for some reason, their eyes are not opened to seeing Jesus in their midst. Stopping, standing, looking sad, they reply back to Jesus's question about what they were talking about, saying, the things of Jesus of Nazareth. We had hoped, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. And it's kind of frustrating if you're honest with yourself, that as you were, as we read through this, we know the rest of the story, and we almost want to scream in that moment, look, you two, can't you see? It's Jesus who is standing right next to you. Why can't they recognize him? Well, the text doesn't tell us that Jesus is disguised in some way. It only says to us that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Maybe it was because Jesus was out of context. Have you ever been at the grocery store or the doctor's office or out and about in the city and you see someone but you just quite can't remember where you know them from? This happens to me all the time when I go back to visit my parents in my hometown. I haven't lived there in 15 years and I'll be out and about and I'll see someone and it takes me a minute to put the context of where I am together or maybe it takes me asking, hey, did you play this sport? Did you go to this school? Do you know this person before I can figure it out? Maybe that's the trouble that these two men were having on the road to Emmaus because they remembered a crucified Jesus. They remembered a dead Jesus. He was dead, period. A risen Jesus, well, that's completely out of context. Is that why they didn't recognize him? It sounds good, but I don't actually really know. What I do know is that I also want Jesus to say who he is to them as well. But Luke drags out the scene, allowing the two men to tell Jesus all about, well, Jesus, and for Jesus to talk to them 
interpreting things about himself in all the scriptures. It was a long walk. And, the, and, and still, there was no recognition from the men, not even a hint of who was right beside them. But before they know it, they arrive where they are going, and it's late. So they invite Jesus to come in and eat with them, and he accepts. Now, surely, when they sit down to eat, it'll start coming back to them. Where they've seen this man before, surely they'll start to remember other meals that they've shared together. Maybe they were at that bread and fish picnic where Jesus fed 5,000 people. Or maybe they'll start to get a glimpse of the Last Supper in an upstairs room just days before where they'd gathered frightened when Jesus spoke all these things that were going to happen. And surely enough, it did. It came to them and it was Jesus. In the breaking of the bread, they remembered it was Jesus who was with them. The light bulb finally turned on when Jesus crumbled bread and it crumbled down to the table. Jesus was with them. And just as soon as they realized and recognized this person in front of them, Jesus was gone. They couldn't recognize Jesus until bread was broken. And in that, their hope that they had hoped for was realized. Jesus did come and redeem Israel. Now, after this story, um, after this story, when I read it fresh for the first time this week, I all of a sudden thought, how many others were there? How many others did Jesus appear to that never recognized him in their midst? Well, we know that Mary at first didn't recognize who Jesus was at the tomb. And then, and then there's this story of these two men that don't recognize who Jesus was. So how many others did Jesus appear to that just didn't recognize that he was right there? So many others. So many others I can imagine that Jesus appeared to that were walking in the wrong way, away from community, away from Jerusalem, away from their faith, stuck in grief, sadness, and loss. How many didn't recognize Jesus in their midst? On Wednesday night, I ended up having a three-hour conversation with a good friend. And as I often do the week that I am preaching, I look for where God is speaking through the text, but also in the context that we are living in. And we started a seven-week uh, series study by a professor at Duke Theological Seminary, Dr. Kate uh, Bowler. She talks about the ability to live in uncertainty. And as Christians, that is actually where we live all the time, whether we like it or not. It's in the already, but not yet. As Easter people, we proclaim that the resurrection has already happened. We have already been redeemed. But we still live in a world where there's grief and sadness and pain and suffering. The not yet. 
And our job as Christians is to remind each other that we are Easter people. We live in hope. We live seeing God's face in the midst of the muck and the yuck of this world. Now more than ever in my lifetime, we are living on this road to Emmaus. In the midst of life's uncertainties, Jesus is still walking beside us. Jesus is asking us about the story. Now I have to admit that there are some serious times during this last month that I have said, but we had hoped, but we had hoped. It's hard to live in the middle of a pandemic. It's hard to live in the middle of uncertainty in uncharted territories for the whole entire world. It's hard on parents, grandparents. It's hard on people who live alone. It's hard on people who are held captive to addiction, to mental illness, and really anything else. But this week I realized that if we let this road to Emmaus moment pass us by, and we don't see where God is in the midst of all of this brokenness, we are missing the most beautiful moment of all, the chance to listen to God in a whole new way. This is a chance to pivot. Where is God speaking to you right now? In the midst of all of this, where is God? Maybe it's that you'll come out of this with a new set of priorities, or maybe that you'll never take for granted being able to come and be part of a community. Maybe you will hold people closer, not get bogged down by being so busy, give thanks more often to our teachers, our healthcare workers, our bankers, our childcare workers, grocery store employees, the list could go on and on. Jesus is walking beside of us just as he walked beside the two men that were living in the hope of a resurrected Jesus. And we don't want to miss Jesus. How many times did he appear? We don't know, but we're called to look for that. My children read a book frequently called Maybe God is Like That Too. And it's this beautiful story, story that gives them a language to see where God is active and present in the world. A grandmother is talking to her grandson and he's asking where God lives in the city. And this was her response. Whenever you see love, joy, and peace, God is there. Wherever there's patience, kindness, and goodness, God is there too. When you see faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that's God's spirit at work. The little boy goes throughout the day and he continues to see different places where there's love and kindness and peace and patience that God is there in the midst of it. Where do you see God? What road are you walking on that you need to recognize Jesus? Don't miss this road to Emmaus moment in your life and don't forget to remind others where Jesus is walking with you too. After all, we are a people of hope. We are a people of new life. We are Easter people. 
Let's let the world know. Be of good courage. Amen.